Hello, and welcome to this month's episode of the Government Digital Service Podcast. I'm Alison Pritchard, the Director General at GDS, before taking up appointment at the ONS as its Deputy National Statistician and Director General for Data Capability. So I'm delighted that, although I'm moving, I'll still be part of the wider digital and data transformation agenda through ONS's digital and data services and our work on data governance boards. GDS is responsible for the digital transformation of government. As part of that, we've set a vision for digital government to be joined up, trusted and responsive to user needs. We're focusing on five pillars to get that done, one of which is data, the focus of this podcast. Government holds considerable volumes of data in a myriad of places, but often this data is inconsistent, incomplete or just unusable. If the government is going to realise the benefits data can bring, we'll need to fix the foundations. And one way of doing this is by focusing on data standards. GDS is leading a new authority, the Data Standards Authority. Their focus is on making data shareable and accessible across government services. The metadata standards and guidance we published in August were our first deliverable. They cover what information should be recorded when sharing data across government, for example in spreadsheets, to ensure it's standardised and easy to use. It's a step in quality assuring how government data is shared. Our focus on standards is one part of the bigger picture around better managing data to ensure better policy outcomes and deliver more joined up services to citizens. That's all from me. I'll now hand over to Vanessa Schneider, the podcast host, who will be speaking to technical leads from GDS and ONS about how we take this work forward. Enjoy the discussion. Thank you, Alison. As Alison said, I'm Vanessa Schneider, Senior Channels and Community Manager at GDS and your host today. Joining me are Rosalie Marshall and Tomas Sanchez. Rosalie, let's start with you. Can you please introduce yourself and what you do? I'm Rosalie. I'm the technical lead for the Government Data Standards Authority. That involves a lot of recruitment, looking and getting work streams off the ground relating to, to data standards and uh, just looking at, at the data standards landscape in detail. Thank you, Rosalie. Tomas, could you please introduce yourself? Yes, so I'm Thomas Sanchez. I'm the Chief Data Architect for ONS, uh, and I'm uh, responsible for a bunch of things related to data architecture and data management. One of those things is the ONS data strategy. And amongst the, the various things that uh, the, my division in, in ONS does is uh, best practices around data. And one of the things that we work on is data standardization. So um, apart from that, I'm also quite keen and responsible uh, to talking to various departments across government about all the things that we do with the aim of, um, you know, being on the same page of uh, best practices and so on. And this is how we got in touch with the Data Standards Authority and and other streams uh, in central government. You mentioned that your area covers data standards in government. What does that entail? So basically, the whole point of standardization is to make sure that uh, everybody uses the same things, particularly related to data. And uh, uh, it is it is good that ONS is trying to do this, but we cannot do this by ourselves. Doing this in a coordinated way through a sort of central authority like the DSA is very helpful. While while ONS has its own standards uh, to uh, you know do what we need to do in ONS, there is um, uh, we we need to agree. Uh, amongst the different departments of what it is that we are trying to standardize and that and the scoping of this and what things we're doing first and we're doing second and so on is part of what the DSA is about. Rosalie, so you work um, as part of the DSA. How do you work together with Tomas on this issue? 
So, uh, yeah, so this is a joint, actually, endeavour between the government digital service and ONS. So we're actually partnering up on the the data standards authority. So while we um, are, you know, at the central point in GDS, we are working very closely with with ONS and actually a number of our team members will sit within ONS. The, The good thing about being virtual is that we've really been able to work very tightly together and and department lines haven't played much of a part. So as Rosalie mentioned, the Data Standards Authority is very new. Would you mind sharing with the listeners how it came about? What kicked it all off? So the Data Standards Authority was kicked off about um, roughly, uh, well, probably just over a year ago now in terms of idea. So that was done uh, by DCMS, the Department for Culture, Media and Sport, who at that point looked after data policy um, for government. Um, And they uh, worked with a number of departments on this bid, including it was mainly actually uh, GDS and ONS. So we've been working together now for a while on on what this should look like um and since march it's become a reality so when i joined ons in 2017 um apart from looking internally on, uh, at uh, the office to see what we should do internally for better practices in terms of data management um uh, we also thought that it was very important to look across governments uh, and see what other people are doing uh, so we can learn from others and hopefully maybe others can learn from us eventually. Uh, one of the things that we did is setting up the cross-government data architecture community, which was um, just a community of practitioners around data architecture and data management, uh, which of course included the data, data standardization uh, amongst other things. Apart from this community, uh, we also got involved in a number of forums in, in central government looking at uh, data and data usage and, and data infrastructure and other things, uh, such as, for example, the Data Leaders Network. And it was within these conversations within central government that we got in touch with DCMS and GDS, uh, who were also thinking about how to work on the data foundations and data infrastructure for government uh, to enhance data sharing, data interoperability, and just how to use data better in government. And it was that way that the idea of creating a central authority in charge of fixing one of the the fundamental problems of data, which is data standardization, came to be. So uh, as Rosalie mentioned, we worked uh, quite a long time with them for various reasons. Uh, Listeners might remember that there was supposed to be a spending review in 2019, which never happened. So that gave us a lot of time to think about how to go, how how to do this. And eventually, we did put a bid for the uh, budget this year, earlier this year, and then, then that's how the Data Standards Authority got uh, funded, and the rest is history, as they say. So, looking to the future of the DSA, what are your immediate next goals? I know that you've put out uh, pieces of guidance, for instance. So, the, the big ones are uh, we've got an API catalog that is trying to, it's not a work stream that is actually setting a standard in data, but it's helping us with our uh, journey on standards because we need transparency of where data exchange is taking place. I think it's important that we mention that, you know, we are looking at data flow 
as a as a priority. There's a lot that you can do within departments um, in terms of governance, but but really we're looking at that boundary and and the data exchange that is happening between departments and how we can improve that. So as a first off, you know we are getting the the API catalog into uh, a service or, or product that is really worthwhile for departments to use. We want to make sure that there's a lot more uptake of, of that catalog on there uh, to increase t- transparency of development taking place, but also so we can understand the standards that are being used by APIs. So that's one work stream. So uh, one of the big work streams that we've got off the ground is relating to metadata standards. And that was a a very entry level piece of a very entry level standard in some ways. We're we're recommending that we follow uh, schema.org and Dublin Core and also CSV on the web. So that's a recommendation that we are now working with departments further along on their metadata journeys. We've got a um, a workshop coming up on the 2nd of October that we'd like as many people to join as possible to understand where everyone's at. We're also looking at, at standards in relation to file formats and doing some work there. And then I think there's two areas which probably Thomas is best placed to talk about, and that's around um, what we're thinking about at least. So it's it's probably two two early days, but at least we can share some of the thinking that we're doing around some of the identifiers and also data types as well. So Rosalie mentioned about identifiers. I think um, the, the overall um, concept is that something that we call reference data that people might um, know with different uh, names like uh, master data or code list or typologies or except so there are, there are multiple names of the, for those but essentially the idea from this is that there are lists of uh, items or entities that people refer to all the time so uh, within their data sets for example uh, many data sets contain uh, address information so the idea is so there is only one valid list of all the addresses in the country so if we will have a reference set of addresses that everybody can refer to, then it will be easier to link data sets amongst themselves that are talking about those addresses, right? So you can make the same case for other types of things like the standard classifications or uh, lists of businesses or things like that, which government departments refer to all the time to do their work, but that there is no one uh, version of the truth for the whole government just because we didn't get to do that yet together. And I think that is basically the foundation so making sure that we can link data sets across government e- more easily. And uh, of course, part of that, as Rosalie was mentioning, is that you need to have a unique identifier for each one of these addresses or these entities, right? So this is definitely something that we need to look at as part of standardizing that. But um, reference data as a whole, um, as I said, uh, a key piece of the puzzle to standardize uh, data uh, across government. The other thing that Rosalie mentioned there is data types. So obviously, if we are sharing data um, across departments, which uh, is a specific of a specific type, for example, uh, a date. So um, if we maintain different standards for dates, so we record the data in different ways for dates, then when we get data from other departments, then we have to transform that into a format that we can use internally. And that transformation, maybe date isn't, doesn't sound very complex, but you have to do this for more complex types of, types of data, then it becomes uh, quite time consuming. 
So if we get and manage to standardize data types and then departments are able to adopt this, again, we are not only helping them on the work they have to do for themselves, so they don't have to think about what to use. So we provide guidance of what data type standards they can use. But also when we get to share data, then uh, we already have the same format that we already use internally, so it's much easier to process. The term metadata has cropped up a few times now. Do you mind explaining what kind of data that is? So uh, when people ask me what metadata is, I always uh, think about, you know, everybody knows libraries. They, people have used libraries. You go to the library, you have a lot of books in a lot of shelves, and you have to find the, the, the book that you are looking for. So, so the, the books themselves are the content, are the data, right? But we need to find a way of finding things efficiently. If we had every book indexed in a different way and we uh, store different type of information for each book, it will be very difficult to do it. But as we all have been in libraries, we know that you have a catalog where you go and then you have the title of the book and the author of the book. You can search for either or you can search for dates or you can search for other things. So that information that we are storing about the book, which is the content, that's what is metadata. So it's information about the data itself. Right. So so other data sets that are not books is exactly the same thing. We have to find a consistent way of describing the data so that we can catalog it better. Rosalie, would you mind explaining to the listeners what an API is? I hear that's a challenging question. It is a challenging question just because everyone has a different answer. So uh, an API is is just another one of our uh, lovely acronyms that we have in government. It stands for Application Programming Interface. So it's the, that, and that kind of tells you what it is, is the interface for your application. So it's uh, APIs come up in talking about data exchange. The way I guess you can kind of start to understand it, I think I started to understand it when someone talked to me about an API being like a restaurant menu. It tells you what's on what's what what you can have from from an application. So you know if if you're an API will will talk about all the different features within an application that you need to be aware of in order to interact with it. I understand that you're also expecting to set standards for memorandums of understandings, uh, also known as MOUs. Can you please explain a bit more about what that means? So in terms of the, the MOUs, uh, so they are, you know, those and data sharing agreements are formed within the public sector when data exchange is being passed from one entity to another. And the, the difficulty with the landscape at the moment is that uh, the MOUs and, and data sharing agreements take lots of different forms, cover lots of different areas, um, and it's it's quite a big undertaking uh, when forming these um, because legal uh, teams often need to be involved, and there's obviously a lot to think about when when working on a data sharing agreement. So it's just really bringing standards to this area so that we can improve efficiency in data sharing and make it easier for for those who want to consume data particularly on local authorities i think you know there's local authorities are not a big api developers at the moment but they consume a huge amount of, of government data from all you know all over government uh, and loads of departments so 
for them, um, it's a big undertaking when it comes to, to MOUs. So actually kind of simplifying the process and and all conforming to to a certain standard and template is a, is a good way forward. So that's where it's something that we're starting to look at. So you've touched on a couple of topics such as the identifiers and transparency, and it seems like ethics are quite an important component of that. Um, I know that in 2018, there was an, a data ethics framework that was published. The data ethics framework is not a piece of work that's happening in the Data Standards Authority, but uh, it's obviously something that we need to be aware of and tapped into. We are updating an, a number of different pieces of guidance for example at the moment we're redrafting point 10 of the technology code of practice which relates to data and you know we're also updating the government api standards and and so we're working on um new guidance and and standards as part of the dsa and obviously something that we need to be aware of when doing that is the data ethics framework which is a framework that sets out principles for, for how data should be shared in, in the public sector and really builds on the, the civil service code in, in some ways. So it builds on the idea of managing data with integrity, honesty, uh, objectivity and impartiality. So it's just, I mean, there's probably other people who can give you better summaries, but yeah, it's important to be aware of when writing any guidance on data. I was just wondering, Rosalie, if you knew of a success that government has had where we've started standardizing data? Yes. So there are uh, a number of different successes that, that we could point to. I mean, there's a big six that, you know, the, the API standards were one area that has been very successful in terms of setting central government standards and having other departments follow them. So the API standards were launched in 2018 um, and have been iterated with the API and data exchange community. But we know that uh, a lot of departments are following these standards and are building their API strategies around them. Um, the reason why it's important to, to follow the API standards are for consistency in terms of API development, um, but also in terms of better data flow because of following the data standards that exist. Um, you know, we, we refer to the ISO date standard, for example, in the API standards. Um, it also ensures that APIs are, are developed securely, that, that transfer uh, can, can happen in the right way, um, and, and that versioning um, again is um, is clear as I said uh, there are benefits there's also benefits in terms of findability for following these standards in terms of people moving around development teams and having the right skills knowing what skills you need for, for API development so that's uh, one example of where we've been successful in setting government standards relating to data centrally. There's also examples of, of government using data where it's a positive experience. And I think um, that's really around moving to the delivery of whole services. So rather than uh, a citizen having to interact with one department for a particular service, they can just think about interacting with the service and you know the, the the numbers of departments that help support that service isn't 
isn't something they need to know about. So for example, one of the services that has been on the transformation towards being a whole service is that of the Blue Badge Scheme, which uh, is managed by the Department for Transport and is a scheme that uh, gives those with disabilities access to restricted parking areas. So, you know, previously local authorities um, had to kind of manage the eligibility for this scheme and uh, you know they would they would have many applications some that wouldn't be successful uh, I think it, they received kind of around 2,500 applications a month that, that they had to deal with but and then there were obviously lots of different data exchanges that happened with the Department for Transport and and local councils before a blue blue badge could be given to the applicant um, but now a blue badge user goes to gov.uk to have their eligibility confirmed and then an API seamlessly links the customer back to the local council's case management system for the application process. Once approved another API links back to the central system to store the record and then at this point the blue badge is produced and sent to the customer centrally by DFT. So it's a lot of a smoother system. And I guess what's next is integration through APIs with some of the other departments that are involved in blue badges like DWP, which has to produce the, the letter of eligibility. Citizen needs that to, to upload onto gov.uk. Um, and like the passport office where you need to provide a picture of you and proof of your identity. So, you know, there's still a way to go on a service like that, but it shows the direction um, in which, you know, where, where government services are heading. Thank you, Rosalie. Tomas, I was wondering what kind of challenges do you foresee in uh, establishing data standards across government. I assume with the ONS, you interface with a lot of departments uh, providing data. Do you have any idea? So indeed, uh, we do interface with a lot of departments, uh, but obviously doing this um, at ONS scale and doing this at a government scale is uh, quite a different thing. But I think definitely the area that's probably going to be a challenge is the, the governance in the sense that, that we put uh, guidelines and um, of how people uh, or other departments can approach standardization, but uh, making sure that people actually or, or departments actually follow these standards is a, is, a, is a different thing, right? So obviously how to approach this is a delicate thing. Um, obviously, departments want to continue um, doing their job without having interference in terms of uh, how they have to do their job. Uh, but we in central government believe that doing this following certain standards is in the end more beneficial for the government as a whole. And we need to try to put something in there to uh, make sure that uh, these guidelines are adopted. So how exactly to do that, how to incentivize departments to actually do this, I think is, is going to be a, quite a tough uh, challenge. Would that kind of enforcement lie with the DSA or is it something that can be incentivized in another way, do you think? I wouldn't like to call it enforcement. Incentivizing is, is, a, is a better word. Um, I, I think there are uh, different ways of doing it. Uh, if you think about GDS is already doing this uh, with the IT and digital uh, in, in different ways. Probably the, the, the best way of approaching it is using the existing mechanisms and include the data standardization within those. So hopefully we can exist, we can, we can reuse existing things without having to add new layers of complexity to how certain things are incentivized. I can tell that you're both very passionate about data and making sure that government has 
usable data and is able to share data with each other to make services better for citizens. I was wondering, where does that come from? Personally, like, you know, you have lots of circumstances in your life. And I guess some people have more interactions with the state than others, you know, depending on your health, uh, you know, where you have kids. And I guess like I've probably had a fair amount. So it comes from just understanding that frustration of another organization having data about me that might not be accurate or that or or they're not having it at all and I'm wondering why that is you know I've I've had two kids on the NHS system it was frustrating to me for example that that the hospital didn't have any of the records that I'd had my first child with um, and there was no way to get those records so I then started creating my own records and holding all the data myself and there's so many examples that I've gone through uh, and I'm sure everyone you know there's so many people in this boat and it's just like it's just wanting to fix things and wanting to make data work for the end user but also as a civil servant I see silos and it's it's sometimes frustrating when you realize that you know through no fault of an individual because this is just as we know this is the system that needs improving it's it's not one organization or, or individual we we just need to fix this so so if, if we can create uh standards that everyone can use and that's why we're focusing on international on open standards because those are the ones that can cross boundaries and that, that you know it's not just going to be working in one department but it will help join up both central and local and the wider public sector Thank you. Tomas, is there maybe a service that you hope you are able to change through the standardization of data? So I think data is such at the core of everything that not only government, but every organization in this country does, that having a right way of standardizing the data and making the data clearer so everybody can understand it better will basically virtually benefit not just the organizations themselves that are doing the services, but also the uses of those services. And if we think about governments and we see government as an organization which provides services to the users based on data that actually government collects from the users themselves, then um, you know, it's a perfect opportunity to, to enhance that service. And that's exactly what we want to do. Rosalie, any thoughts? I, I think, you know, yeah, I would agree with Thomas. I think there's a lot of priority areas that, that need improvement. For example, social care. You know, I've talked about delivering whole services for users um, and, and things like the Blue Badge Scheme, which is which is I see as, as very important. But there's also, you know, bringing, you know, the social social care those those departments that are involved there and and allowing them to to share data to help those who are vulnerable there's also a lot you know in terms of the environment where you know sharing data between the energy sector and and off you know off gem and 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 some of the big energy companies um there, there's a huge amount that we could do there with improved data standards as well so i think there's so many things that we can make better in public life with data if it's done right and so yeah just i mean i can't can't pick one area really that was unfair of me, I'll give you that. You mentioned it earlier, 
there was a way for listeners to get involved, if I'm not mistaken. Could you please remind us what that opportunity was? There's quite a lot of ways people can get in touch. I mean, a number of works, workshops that are coming up that we'd really like cross-government um, engagement on and, and attendance. Uh, so we've got an API catalogue workshop for the API community. We also have a, a metadata workshop coming up on the 2nd of October for those who are working in, in metadata and um, we're, we're planning to blog a lot more about the work that we're doing. So really invite people to comment on those blogs and get in touch if, you know, if they want to talk to us. Um, we're also looking at, at having an open uh, repo on, on GitHub uh, to help share some of our work and invite feedback on that as well. So, yeah, we're, we're hoping to make it really easy uh, to contact us. And we do have an email address as well. Um, that people can write to, which is data-standards-authority at digital.cabinet-office.gov.uk. So that's also open to everyone to use. Thanks, Rosalie. It's not the easiest one to spell out, but we'll make sure to include it in our show notes. Uh, I really appreciate you giving me your time so that we could record this episode. Thank you so much to all of our guests for coming on today. You can listen to all the episodes of the Government Digital Service Podcast on Apple Music, Spotify, and all other major podcast platforms. The transcripts are available on Podbean. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Thanks so much for having us. Bye.